It's Friday night And the mood is right We're gonna have some fun Show you how it's done TGI Welcome to week number 179 of the Two Guys in a Friday's podcast. My name is Steven, and that over there is Travis. Are you ready for an extra long six-hour spectacular? What do you mean? What are we talking about? Nothing. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Hey, uh, welcome to the show. If it's your first time here, we watch TGIF. We talk about it 30 years after it aired, and uh, this week is no different. we got a full week full of brand new episodes and... Uh, before we get into that, let's say uh, thanks to Adrian for the theme song this week. Thank you, Adrian. It's a brand new one. Haven't played that one on the show. Pretty good. Love them. Love new ones. Um, that's out of the way. While uh, if you want to send in your own version of the theme song, you can do that. TGIFcast at gmail.com. That is the uh, very available email address. And then also while you're doing that, uh, go ahead and subscribe or like or follow on all social media at TGIFcast. Share. Yeah. Rate, re- rate, review. All of that stuff, too. Do it. Um, so, a couple things. Uh, one thing that we like to do in the show before we go and talk about the episodes is see what was going on in the world 30 years ago this week. And uh, these episodes would have aired when in 93? These would have aired Friday, February 19th, 1993. So, I've only got one story. Um, okay. and I know you said that Whitney Houston is going to be around for a while. Is that still true? Is she there for a while? Uh, a couple more weeks. She's almost, we're almost wrapping that whole thing. Up. Okay. I don't know if this is the artist that takes her over, but a debut album from an artist that I remember being very big this year in 93, the album Happy Nation from Ace of Bass came out. Ooh, Ace of Base. Now, was this a? Was this like their album? Was this the breakthrough album? This was the breakthrough album. I saw the sign. Um, all those songs. Don't turn around. Don't turn around. She's having. She's having a. Was it? She having another baby? Yeah, I think that was on the same all one too. All that she wants. All that she. Yeah, oh, that's not, okay. That's not all she's. Yeah. Yeah. So no spoilers. It there it does not look like in 1993 they they made it to number one. Okay. So, which is kind of surprising. What's Unless that like the album came out and then all the singles came out a year later. Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm looking ahead a little bit. To they re-release it as the sign and not as Happy Nation or something. And then when it comes out as this, well, the sign only had four songs, so it was like an EP. I don't know. Oh no, so which, which one is this that came out? Which one is which one is this that came out? This Happy is Nation? Happy Nation, which is almost the same album as the sign. Um, it even has the same album art. So I don't know, but. We'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe it's a year away from it being real. Yeah, big. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for the... Okay, so... Yeah, it's weird. Um, the sign is a song by... Okay, so this is about the sign. The so, This is about the song, The Sign. The, so, the sign is a song by Swedish group Ace of Base from their first North American studio album, The Sign, and their re-released debut studio album, Happy Nation. So there's a lot of like weirdness. And not I don't know weirdness, but this isn't a traditional like. Here's the album. Here's the single. It's like here's the album. Here's the album again. In North America, but Happy Nation single. is this is the U.S. version of Happy Nation that came out. This it sounds like that. It sounds like the album, the sign, is more or less Happy Nation. Now, of course, we're gonna get Ace of Base fans that are like, whoa, 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 calm down. That's not exactly how this happened. Um, but. More or less, it, it looks like the sign has a lot of the same songs as Happy Nation. And the singles in the U.S. are based off of the sign and not Happy Nation. Hmm, interesting. But I, I will say this. Because Happy Nation Happy Nation is the debut studio album from Ace of Base. And also, oh, right, I, right, I mean, right, Happy right. Nation has the sign, Don't Turn Around, All That She Wants. Those are all on Happy Nation. It looks like the album, The Sign, also has the same songs. A lot of those yeah, songs. yeah. So it's like the songs. exact same thing. And and that's the one that's with the and the North in North America at least that's what's credited as being like the album that those songs okay. are on. I will say though, I mean we do we do see them in '94, so so a little bit of a spoiler, but '94 is a really competitive year. A lot of back There's and forth. Lot. I like it. I don't want to. No, anymore. no, no, not a lot of back and forth. Oh. Just a lot of a lot of big dominant 
songs that stick around for a while. Oh, okay. So kind of similar to this year, right? Uh, yeah, I would say even more so. Like, like 90, 93 is about to loosen up a whole bunch. Um, oh, I like it. I like it. That's what I want to see. I want, well, I want a maybe different, not. different maybe, let me rephrase song that. every I'm week. Getting a, maybe not a whole bunch, but we're about to get some variety. Whereas in 94, like, like there's a couple artists that just are like, you might as well go home because we got this. Okay. Um, that's all I got for uh, news this week. What about movies and music? We already kind of spoiled the music. Yeah, it's still I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Although, like I said, it's wrapping up. Um, she's only got a couple more weeks, and then we then we move on from there. Uh, new movie, though, a classic movie, uh, um, Groundhog Day. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, good movie, you know. Just Groundhog Day a couple weeks ago. Groundhog Day a couple weeks ago, right? So it, I, I assume it came out like, well, it didn't come out on Groundhog Day. It came out, you know, a week a after weeks Groundhog later. Day. Yep. Yeah. But good, fun movie. Good movie. Uh, any birthdays this week? Yes, we have two birthdays. We do. We have uh, so Wednesday, February fifteenth was Josh Byrne. Josh Byrne is Brendan on Step by Step. Okay. So happy birthday, Josh. What's he up to nowadays? I don't know. I think he's one of those guys that's kind of hard to get a kind of hard yeah. to find, kind of hard to track down. But also, I don't know if I've tried that hard. So I don't know. Um, and then if you're listening to the, the episode when it comes out today, Friday, February 17th, Jerry O'Connell also have no idea what he is up to nowadays, but, uh, the February 17th, Jerry O'Connell, happy Isn't birthday. Is he like a host of some TV show? Or am I, making I think that he's up? on like a celebrity show. Like he's one of the celebrities on a celebrity reality like a pa- show. Oh, reality show. Well, like a, like a celebrity reality competition type show. Maybe does that sound right? I thought he was like a panelist on like a talk show or something like he the might view be. I or honestly something like that, but not honestly, not no the view, obviously. But for some reason, I think he's on he's on some like let's see. All the Jerry O'Connell fans are going to be real. Oh, well, okay, so so first of all, you are correct. He he replaced Sharon Osbourne on the talk. Okay. Um. Uh, he the real love boat. Okay, that's that's the one that I was thinking of. So him and Rebecca remain, I guess, O'Connell now. Uh, they co-host the Real Love Boat on CBS. What about this Pictionary show? Is that still airing? It doesn't. I don't know. I saw that too, and and it it said that it was only tested out in syndicate in a couple markets. So I'm assuming that it did not get picked up. Hmm. All right. Well, but Jerry O'Connell, he's still around. You can find him. He's he's doing he's doing just fine. All right. So like we said, full week of episodes. We got to get into it. Eight o'clock. Family Matters season something something episode something mad mad house that's the important part yes that's what you need to be watching yes and it starts off uh we got carl in the kitchen he's got his bowling uh gear on he's got a bowling ball in his hand steve comes in and uh of course he asks to hold the bowling ball that uh carl has and he's like carl's like gotta be real careful and he lets him hold it immediately it's too heavy he he's still holding on to it but he like <laughs> drops, drops it down to the ground yeah and then uh Steve Tars starts to tell Carl about how he always imagines being a pro bowler and he like tells him this like whole story and like acts it out. He's like taking my two steps forward and getting ready and then I wheel back and throw the ball and as he does this the ball launches out of his hand from behind him through the kitchen window and of course uh Carl's pretty upset. He's not though. He is not pretty upset. This is one of those Carl moments where Carl's just like of course this happened. This is Steve well, should I have expected? Uh, we get a theme song. We come back. We've got uh, Richie and Judy and Laura. They're they're playing Monopoly, right? Yep. And then uh, Harry gets home, and she's mad because well, there's a joke here, real quick, because Richie is doing seems to be doing pretty well, but he can't read any of the uh, any of the cards. So the the two girls are taking advantage of him. He's like, I think I'd be really rich if it wasn't for the fact I can't read. <laughs> Uh, um harry comes home and she's mad because the kids aren't doing anything like they haven't done any of the chores she asked them to do they were supposed to have all the stuff ready put their stuff away that kind of thing and she comes home and they haven't done anything and she just feels like the kids really need to start pulling their own weight in the house exactly i mean she's tired she's been working overtime 60 hours a week and then she's expected to come home and cook dinner and get everything ready for him and do all their little tasks that they need and well yeah well carl comes in and says iron the shirt and then he comes that in and says you know ask for dinner and it's 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 just overwhelming yep she's like i'm tired of it i'm not doing anything you handle dinner i'm going to like lay down or something like that 
Well, no, no, that's not exactly what happens. What happens here is that Carl says, you know, you're, she cut, she has a little bit of a meltdown, justifiably, and Carl says, we hear you, we understand, you need help. You go upstairs, you take a hot bath, you relax. By the time you get back down, we'll have a hot dinner on the table. And she's like, thank you, I appreciate that. Goes upstairs, Carl goes to the phone and orders pizza. Yep, and everyone's yelling their order at him. So that's, that's his solution. Uh, yes. Now we are uh, at school. We're in uh, Steve and Eddie's math class. Um, Waldo's in there as well. And uh, it's trigonometry. No one understands it. No one is interested except for Steve Urkel, who, of course, is like at the edge of his seat, excited about Lovely. everything that she's saying. Um, the teacher, do we know her name? Like uh, Mrs. Uh, something? Or they not even she, has, she does have a name. I don't remember it off the top of my head. I don't know head. if they she say was... it in this episode or not. Um but she's like, all right, well, maybe a visual aid can help you guys understand trigonometry. So she goes and she's got like one of those chalkboards with the like pull down maps. But this is like a Chart, math yeah. version of it. So she pulls it down and uh, she's facing forward. So she's looking at the rest of the class. But everyone can see the chart behind her, which in the center is a uh, bikini woman poster, like swimsuit centerfold type poster right in the center of the chart for the entire class to see. And she is oblivious to the fact that it's behind her. You know, I, there's, there's some kind of weird parallels to this in the Camp Wilder episode that I didn't make connections with until, until just now, but now I'm, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, the fact just that it's the like class stuff, the class stuff, the like model just being in the class. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Not exact. It's not as, it's not as, it's not, like, it's not like it's not like this dinosaurs. dinosaurs is gonna be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, someone obviously in the class put this poster up. So it'd be a little prank. Everyone's laughing. Everyone except Steve. Steve's like, uh, uh, Vivian, Vivian, you got to look up. I think that's what he calls her. Uh, you got to look at what's behind you. And she like he can't get her attention. She's like excited to teach, wondering why, why everyone's being crazy. And eventually she turns around to find this poster hanging on her chart. And she's like, that's it. Whoever did it needs to step up now. No one is leaving until I find out who does this. The bell rings and everyone leaves. <laughs> so the whole time, though, like before she turns around and looks, she's making because they're talking about logarithms. So she's making all these oh, log yeah. comments. They're kind of like boob jokes, more or less. Yeah, um, it's pretty funny. Um, so and this, yeah. this teacher is played by I, I can't remember the actress's name. I didn't write it down, but it's the it's the mom from that 70s show. So Oh, that's why I recognize her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so everyone's leaving the class. Uh, Waldo's like, Eddie, don't forget your poster, which of course gives him away. Um, <laughs> right. she now knows it's Eddie that did this. She, um, calls him in, talks to him, tells him that, uh, he's in trouble, sa says he's going to send him. She says that she's going to send him to the principal's office. And he's like, I can't, I'm going to get kicked off the basketball team if I go. Um, and then he comes up with this quick story to make the teacher feel bad that he's got this dysfunctional family at home and he Ugh, only God. lashes out because he's got all these family problems going on back at the house. Eddie, not a good, not a good look, Eddie, not a good look. Yep. She feels bad. She tells him, all right, I'll let this one slide, but it can't happen again kind of thing. Um, so he's free. He goes out of the room. Steve comes back cause he forgot his calculator. And, uh, she tells Steve that, well, there's this pro there's a student in class and he's got all these problems at home and Steve's like Vivian, you got to you got to step up. You got to go take care of this. I mean, if you think something's wrong, this is your job to uh to look into it. And then we kind of get the idea that she's going to do that. Exactly. So, back at the uh, Winslow house, uh once again Harriet gets home from a long day of overtime at work. Same thing happens. Everyone needs her for different things, ironing, cooking, all kinds of things. And she says, that's it. I've had it. I'm going on strike. Good for her. So we then skip five days later. The house is a disaster. There's just I mean, it's a mess. Stuff on the floor, stuff on the table, stuff on the couch, everywhere. Um, like piled up stuff, almost like a hoarder moved in in the last five days and was like, let me get to work. Yeah, we see the camera kind of pan over to the couch where Harriet is kind of like half buried underneath of all this stuff. But she's just sitting there, not doing any of the things that she used to do. And, uh, yep, just hanging out. Uh, Laura comes in. She comments on how the house is a mess. Um, she also says that she's going to take her grandma over to uh, a charity bachelor auction night. Um, <laughs> she's trying to get her outfit ready for that. 
And then uh, Carl comes in and he mentions that uh, he can't find his ripped jeans or his bandana anywhere. He needs it. He's going undercover and uh, you can't find it. And Harriet's like, well, did you check in the laundry bin? And he's like, well, why is it in the laundry bin? Why didn't you do the laundry? And this is where she snaps almost. I'd say snaps. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think she snaps. She's just like, I'm still on strike. You got to deal with it. And Carl, that's Carl's right. the one that really snaps here. Because Carl starts going on his rant of, I'm the king of the house. You let, you know, you do what I tell you to. You listen to me. What I say goes. And she's like, no, no, I'm on strike. Talk to, talk to you later. Do they, do they then both walk out of the room at this point? Uh, they must have because the doorbell next, rings, right? Yeah. What happens next? They, neither of them were there for that. Uh, Richie goes and answers the door though. Um, it's Eddie. Richie and Judy for what it's worth. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Eddie's teacher from school. She is investigating these problems that he has going on at home and Rich, and Richie and Judy are like, Oh, we can't talk. We got to go make dinner. We're having ice cream Sundays <laughs> tonight. And she's like, good. Cause I'm tired of all the, uh, all the candy bars that we've been having the last few days. And, uh, the teachers kind of immediately starting to realize that, oh, man, this stuff with Eddie is serious. Like, it really is going on. Well, there's also the condition of the house. So she sees that the kids making dinner. Uh-huh. Estelle. Co- yeah. Go ahead. And Estelle then, comes down and Estelle's like, I'm going to I'm going to buy a man. He's and, she's uh, like, I, I'm going to hope I can get one for 200 bucks. And then she's like, and then or something. And it's like, well, I could probably get two for two hundred dollars. And then. Right. This teacher's freaking out. Um, Carl start- comes down. He's like, I got to go buy these drugs now. And yeah. And he's, he's he's all dressed up at this point, too, like in his yeah. uh, undercover gear. Um, she, The teacher's kind of hiding behind the couch at this point, listening. And then she pops up and she says, "Um, this is uh, this is unacceptable. Uh, Eddie has been acting up in class. And uh, this is I can see why he's doing it. This house is not suitable for for anyone to live in. And while she's going off on her rant, Eddie and Steve get home. Exactly. And that's what Steve or Eddie realizes what he's done. I'm in trouble. Um, she gives Eddie a big hug and says she feels so bad for him. And then uh, she tells Harriet and Carl while why she's there. And uh, this stuff starts to get figured out a little bit. Yeah. So well, and then, Carl, yeah, because Carl takes Eddie in the kitchen and while Eddie and Carl are talking. Eventually, Carl grounds him. Evidently, Harriet is is in there smoothing things over because she comes in and she says, "I think I've got it all under control now." Yeah, and Carl's like telling Eddie like uh, why what he did is so bad and how uh, it's not okay to uh, lie like this about your family. Like when he lies about his family, he tells them that they're better than they are. But you definitely shouldn't uh, make them look worse than they are. You should be proud of your family. And then Eddie kind of realizes what he did. He apologizes um, and says that Harriet comes back in and says that um, she explained the the trash situation and the drug situation. But she tried, but she wasn't able to explain why Estelle is buying men. So doesn't seem like that hard of an explanation to somebody. But yeah, but that's it. That's the episode. It kind of wraps up right there. Um, we do get an after credit scene with uh, Carl calling a house meeting, saying that everyone needs to pitch in a little more with things around the house. Harriet calls off the strike. And then Carl uh, says, here, take some money. Go take all the kids out to dinner. When you get home, I'm going to have this house spotless for you. So they start going through the kitchen. While they're doing that, uh, the doorbell rings. He goes and answers it, and he hired uh, a cleaning service to come in. They take a couple steps in, and, they, and they're like, we're going to need some backup in here. <laughs> we're going to need to charge more. Yep, that's it. That's the end of uh, Family Matters for this week. Next up, we've got uh, Step by Step, Season 2, Episode 18. I didn't write the name of this episode down. I don't know. It was something Part 1. Like Yeah, like I think it's like Fosters in Paradise or something like that. Yeah, you can look or, it up while I start. Um, I'll look it up. So it starts off, uh, Frank gets home. He's uh, commenting about the uh, little work trip that he and Carol took recently that she said it was really boring, but he's like, I got some good news. We won the raffle, and we get a family trip to Hawaii, and he lists out, like, the exact, like, we're going to be staying at the Grand Hyatt Waikiki Resorts. And, like... That's Waialea. Waialea. And immediately I'm like... This is just a giant commercial, and it is. And uh, you think so? I don't think it was that bad. Aloha Part One is what's the name. It's really bad. Um, 
while he uh jt's excited uh carol's excited dana comes in she's like oh no i can't go on a vacation i won't have time to study and she's like all right i guess i'll figure it out i'll bring my books and stuff and then cody comes in and he might be the most excited to go he's like planning out his surfing trip already and frank's like cody i've got some bad news i mean they're only letting us take our immediate family and i'm sorry they they're not gonna pay for you he's like oh it's all right man i've uh i've got i make like a thousand dollars a week and I eat all your food and use your electricity and use your bathrooms and park my van in your driveway and don't pay any rent. I get like a, a thousand or a thousand dollars a month, so I'm good. So Cody's like, I'm going too. So Cody's gonna pay his own way. He's going on the trip as well. Good for Cody. Yeah. Um, theme song. We come back. Uh, we see the airplane taking off. Then we see the airplane landing. And then the commercial begins. Um, we get the I'm, sign. I'm still not we, understanding we start this. off by showing the sign of the Grand yeah. Hyatt, uh, Wallalea or whatever you said, resorts. Uh-huh. And then it's just like uh, pretty much all the uh, like shots you would see on a website. Like, all right, here's this and this and this and this. They show a beach and they show up no. the like no. the bar. No, and it's this is the worst commercial. Uh, vacation special episode that we've ever had. Look, I'm not saying yeah. it's the best episode ever, but I just don't. I mean, the first the the first real shot of them being there is like six kids sleeping in the in the in like a single room. So I mean, that's how, true. How, they did how pack awesome them all that? into one room. Like we got a kid on the couch. We got a couple kids on cots. Uh, yeah. Carol walks in, waking everyone up at six thirty in the morning on their vacation because. But you know what? I'm okay with that. Because the, what, which the, part? All the kids sleeping in the same room, or Carol waking them up early? Carol waking them up at six thirty. Because what time is that? Like it's yeah. they haven't had time so look, to adjust. The so time. look, 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 look. I'll tell you this. I've been to Hawaii twice. Here's what happens from people, and they live. So they live Midwest, right? So we'll say maybe they're Central Time Zone. But as somebody who lives in the East Coast Time Zone, Hawaii, I think is a five hour difference if I remember correctly. When you get to Hawaii, the first day or two that you're there, you wake up. At like four or five in the morning. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and what's funny is you go outside to because like my, my and this my wife has experiences more so than I have, but like to go get coffee, she'll like go outside to get coffee, and it's four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, Nothing's and there are just up yet. nothing's ready. But there there's almost like you can tell everyone who's from the East Coast or from Central Time because oh, there's yeah. there's just people everywhere who are like trying to figure out what to do at four o'clock in the morning because they can't they can't go to sleep. Yeah, but Carol's woken everyone up at 6.30 because she has an entire sightseeing trip planned that she's going to lead. And she's like, if we want to get it done, we got to start now. Right. Yeah, it's this whole like cultural trip that she has planned. And everyone's like, we don't want to. We just want to relax. And then she's like, well, you got two options. You can either go with me on this sightseeing trip or you can stay back here and study with Dana. And everyone's like, all right, let's go sightseeing. So then then they show uh, Dana. Um, she's all alone on the beach. She's got her chair, her towels, a stack of books, and she sits down to uh, begin her day studying. Um, while this is going on, you see some boys playing Frisbee around her. And one of them does this like dive in front of her to catch the Frisbee. And, uh, kind of, it looked like it was intentional to kind of get her attention, but maybe not. But anyways... He uh, apologizes for, like, getting sand on her, brushes it off, and I immediately recognize this guy because he had a pretty big, like, appearance on Saved by the Bell back in the day. So that's funny. He's only in, like, two episodes. These two Uh, episodes are very memorable episodes. So he played Jesse Spano's stepbrother who fell in love with Lisa Turtle, who tried to steal A.C. Slater's car, but it ended up being Mr. Belding's car, and then let Lisa drive the car and ended up crashing Mr. Belding's car in the parking lot of the school while Zach, A.C. Slater, and Screech are in the bushes photographing the entire thing. That's him. It's him. Um, And he's he's also the one that that ratted out Zach for being at the Dodgers game during school and and blaming it on a... uh, on a uh, religious Jewish holiday. <laughs> I don't remember all that, but I believe you. Um, you're, you're the same by the bell guy. So, yeah, uh, that's the guy. He's back. That's him. He is. That is the guy. It's like two years later from when he was on the show on Saved by the Bell. And uh, eventually this guy asks Dana to go out with him for some lunch. He agrees. After he after she agrees, um, his phone rings. Well, she doesn't just agree at first. She says no. And then he's like, well, I'm going to just sit here then until you change your mind. So he sits down next to her and starts singing 99 bottles of beer 
while she's trying to study. And then she's like, fine, I'll go, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then after she agrees, his phone rings. He pulls out his cell phone from his back pocket and uh, starts talking stocks with this guy. Like, all right, when it gets to this price, you're just going to buy the whole company. And right. then uh, the, you can see this kind of sparks a little interest in Dana as well. Like, maybe this guy's got a little more going on. I, I would say curiosity at this point. Yeah. I would say she's curious to, to she's like, well, that's weird. Yeah. But so uh, we then go check in on Carol and the rest of the family with this uh, tour. And it's it looks real boring. She's just pretty much walking from like sign to sign, showing where like these famous places used to be that aren't even used there anymore. To be. Yeah, exactly. And no one's very excited to be there. No. Um, no. And then back to the resort. We now see Dana and uh, what is this dude's name? Do we learn it? Uh, I, I want to call him Ted. He, he seems like a he Ted. Look, to he me. does look like a Ted. I just keep calling him guy. Uh, Brian. He's a Brian. All right. He could be Brian, too. Brian. Um, he's Brian. He's Brian. Um, so Dana's having. And lunch. I, I want to say they're at a different resort. I think they're maybe a resort that he has access to that she doesn't because it looks it looks fancier. Hmm. Interesting. Like a country club. False or something, advertising you know? for the Grand Hyatt. If you assume they're at the Grand Hyatt. Well, they are at the beginning. I'm saying it's false advertising for the commercial oh. we have going on. If it's not the Grand Hyatt, now they're showing other resort photos. But, okay, uh, fair enough. Anyways, uh, Dana's having lunch with Brian, and uh, we kind of learn a little more about uh, Brian as well. He said that he used to be a computer nerd, that he created his own company, and eventually he sold that company for $38 million. When he was a kid, and now he's like in his 20s. Yeah, and we know he's investing money, and we know that uh, $38 million is a lot more back then than it is. Well, no, it's more whatever, the transfer rate or whatever. It's worth more, yeah. It's worth more. And uh, this guy's rich, and uh, he likes Dana, or at least he says he does. I don't know if this is going to—I don't know if he's the scumbag that he was on Save by the Bell, but uh, immediately oh. I think he is. We could answer that question really easily because because he's like 22, 23 and Dana's <laughs> a, a, just turned 16. So we, that's a pretty easy. Question you know, acceptable answer. back in the day, though. That was fine. Ninety three statutory rape was not a thing. Well, it, 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 it very much was. Thing. There's uh, there's plenty of people that will disagree with you on that. No one really got in trouble for it in 93, though. Well, I don't know if that's true either. Um, no. anyways, uh, yeah, he likes her. She looks like she likes him. Uh, the family gets home from their long day of, uh, Carol's sightseeing tours and, uh, everyone is exhausted. Like the kids are just like falling on the couch when they get in. Frank walks in carrying both, uh, Mark and Brendan at the exact same time, which I thought was pretty impressive. And, uh, they're all tired. Dana gets back. She looks like she's had the best day of her life. And Karen looks at her and immediately knows Dana's met a guy. Karen knows. She, I mean, Karen could smell it a mile away. Yeah. So uh, we get a ne- next scene with Frank on the balcony. Carol joins him over there. They talk about how like beautiful everything is. And uh, Carol's like, well, we got another big day tomorrow. We got to get up at 4 a.m. tomorrow because we're going to go on top of this volcano and see the sunrise. And then we got to do this and this and this and this. And she's got everything planned for the next day once again. And Frank's like, Carol, it's too much. I mean, we just need to sit back and relax. And Carol's like, I don't know how to do that, Frank. You're going to have to show me. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I'm like the king of relaxation. Yeah. And she just, she just can't do it. I looked it up. I'm sorry. I was looking, uh, looking up how much $38 million would be in today's Uh money. And it looks like, it looks like 89 million. That seems like a pretty big increase, but that's I don't know. Probably right. Maybe random calculator I have says that's worth about $90 million today. I thought you were looking up if I'm 22 and I'm dating a 16 year old in 1993. Will I get in trouble? I don't need to look that up. (laughs) And plus, and plus I'm not sure if I should do that on my computer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Maybe not. Um, So the next scene is uh, the next day. First, we get some more advertising. I'm showing how great the water, the, uh, the water slides are at the uh, Grand Hyatt. That's pretty cool. It does look pretty cool. I think it might be exaggerated on video a little bit. I don't know if the slide lasts as long as they. They show. They show the, they, a fir- like a not a first person view, but they they like take this uh, camera on the slide. I think they looped a few shots is what I'm saying. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I, when JT rides it, it's it lasts like 25 seconds and there's it no way. Seconds. It's like a two second ride. There's rides at Wildwater Rapids that last that long that are equivalent to that ride. 
that are well, no i don't think this is equivalent to any wild water rapids ride this ride is probably like you're in and you're out kind of thing like i don't know it's i don't know it seems a little fake to me but anyways um they're all riding on the water slides and then uh cody and jt are kind of like on the bridge walking over to the water slide and cody points out there's this bodacious hawaiian babe and she's looking right at you jt jt looks over there she uh, waves at him. She blows him a kiss. JT's really excited because she's looking at him and not Cody. And uh, he runs up to the slide, races down to get down to her. But by the time he gets down there to the bottom, she has vanished and only left a little flower that she had in her hair behind. Mystery. The mystery lady. We've seen this before, right? Uh, in the Full House Hawaiian episode, wasn't it exactly the same where Joey kept seeing some girl and she kept vanishing? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I feel that. like it was the exact same episode, except this one had more advertising. But anyways, <laughs> I feel um, like that they go to a luau at the hotel in that episode. That's way more advertising. I mean, how many times do they? A, how many times do they say the, the name of the hotel in the other one though? I don't know. Zero. That's. I don't know. I think you're right. I honestly do think you're right that they never actually say where they're staying. Um, but it's way more of like look at all the stuff in this one and or in Full House than in this one. I'm sure it's the same deal. Like, all right, just show how great everything oh, is. Sure, like, sure, let's sure, let's sure. step it up. This is step by step. Let's uh let's get even more. Let's say exactly where you guys are staying. Get some more people to Hawaii. Yes. Um. So yeah, this mysterious Hawaiian bodacious babe is gone. So the next scene, we've got Frank and Carol. They're setting up on the beach and um, they're learning to relax, or at least Carol is. And she's got like all this stuff she wants to do, like crossword puzzles and knitting and books and stuff. And Frank's like, nope, that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. Sit in your chair and do nothing. That's it. Just I, do nothing. I take a little bit of issue here with Frank's Frank's strategy because, like, you can sit and do nothing and enjoy doing crossword puzzles while you're sitting on the beach or enjoy reading a book while you're sitting on the beach or enjoy knitting. And that's perfectly relaxing and stress-free. Like, yeah, everyone relaxing relaxes doesn't a little have different. To be, yeah, relaxing doesn't have to be, like, complete absence of nothing it can just be doing something you enjoy that's relaxing yeah so she's gonna try at least um the next scene i'm i'm assuming is gonna set up something for part two of this uh mark runs in of course uh he runs over to brennan and out and he's like this is gonna be the commercial for part two yep uh hey guys the resort's running a sandcastle contest um and whoever wins wins a helicopter ride that goes over the entire like uh island and we can win i've got the uh all the engineering skills. skills you guys have the creativity i don't know what he says but um, no they don't have anything i think their only skill was they can do work they can shovel some sand and he's like together yeah. we're gonna make the perfect team and they're like all right let's do it so we'll see where that goes yeah um now we've got jt and cody uh snorkeling because that's available at the uh hyatt regency whatever they're at and um <laughs> jt is in the water with Cody. They're like ankle deep right now. They're about to go uh, diving in, but that bodacious babe is back. She's down the beach. JT sees her and immediately starts to run over to her, but he trips on something, and when he gets up, he goes over and only finds the flower. She is missing. She is gone. She has disappeared once again. 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 Um, so... He's just kind of standing there, like dumbfounded, like, where did she go? And then Cody comes over and he's got this bottle in his hand. He's like, Hey, JT, this is what you tripped on over there. And it's a message in a bottle. They pull it out and it's like a uh, treasure map riddle type thing. And apparently it's going to lead them to some sort of treasure. And Cody. I think it says gold. I think that's going to lead them to gold. Yeah. So Cody thinks it's fate. This is the reason that he was pulled there to the island. And he thinks that he and JT should go find this treasure. Uh, they should. Yeah, they should. Um, That'd be fun. Next scene, we see Dana uh, walking with her new 22-year-old uh, oh, her dude. Predator boyfriend. Um, there's like a montage of them like doing all kinds of stuff. That's, that are, they're all available for any of the uh, patrons of the Grand Hyatt, uh, Wiley Laley, or whatever you call it. And, uh, yeah, you see him riding horses and playing at the pool and making out under waterfalls. And uh, Dana tells him that this is the best week of her entire life. And he says, I got to go to San I got to go down to town. I'll talk to you later. 
yep, I got to go to another island. I know you're leaving, but uh, this might be the last time you ever see me. And she's like, I'm going to miss you so much. And he's like, that's not what he says. That's not what he says. He's, he's just going to be gone for like a day. They, they, they established that. that he's just oh, so this be is not a, a week. Bit. This is not a week long trip. This is like a two week long trip or something, I guess. Because they, she's talking about it being like the end of the week, and then like I'm assuming that's the end of the vacation. That's not how I took this. I took this conversation to be like, "Hey, I'm going to be gone tomorrow. I know we've been spending 24 hours a day with each other, so I'm going to miss you tomorrow." Well, no, I, I, what I was just saying is like she's saying this was the best week of my life. So maybe it was. It's only been three uh, days, but she's maybe she, it a week yeah, maybe she's just like saying that. this has been the best week so far of my yeah. life. Don't okay. ruin it, you, you jerk. Fair. Um, so he's going to go off, but he's like, "I got a gift for you." He hands her a box. She opens it up, and it's a thirty-eight million dollar diamond ring. <laughs> Pretty much, it's giant. This ring is huge. Diamond rings were a lot cheaper back then. It's a twelve million dollar diamond ring. So he then uh, twenty-six million. He, she's like, "Well, why did you?" And then he proposes to her right there on the beach. Twenty-two-year-old asking a sixteen-year-old to marry him. She doesn't After answer her for a couple weeks. She doesn't answer right, a couple days because we get a two be continued on the stage on the screen. So, to be continued, and we do. Get- there is so much going on in this episode. Every single person in this episode has a different storyline. Like it's wild how much how many. Yeah, I mean, we've got the relaxation storyline, then we've got the sandcastle storyline, then we've got the missing girl storyline, and then we've got the uh, J- the Dana storyline. So we have and we've got the treasure hunt storyline now too. Oh yeah, treasure hunt plus the girl, which I think might end up connecting, but I don't remember exactly. And then uh, we haven't gotten. Well, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, that'll happen. You know, the only person who doesn't have a storyline is Karen right now. She's the only one. I almost was like, did they even take Karen to Hawaii, or did they? Because I I was trying to remember. Because the only shot that I can remember her being in was the one in the hotel room, which very easily could be a set piece. Then I was like, I think she's oh. in the scene. I'm pretty sure she's in the scene when they go on the tour. So she's, she's definitely um, on the tour scene, 100. percent So they did JT, take. So like, they did take her. Well, I mean, that well, like, could be anywhere as well, right? I guess technically it could be. I guess you're right. It could be just we, like we need lot. some more Karen on the beach is what we need. Well, <laughs> that, here's two. Th- so here's here's a couple things. First of all, why not do the rich guy with Karen? You know, doesn't that at least be? It's not at least a little bit more comfortable than having him with with. Oh, age for age Dana? wise. Well, she's probably at least for age. She's probably wise. not actually 16, just 16 on the show. But I mean, that's the point. That's what we're watching. Sure. The show. We're not watching. You know. I think you need Dana's character, though. Wait, wait, is I thought Dana was the older one. No, Karen's the older. Are one. you sure? Yes. I thought Dana was older. Um, Karen's older. No, I think I think Dana is older. But anyways, uh, I don't think you're right. I think, I think you need the two, I, think... I think you need the character difference, like her. Well, she already likes like the nerdy stuff going on. He's kind of got the nerdy side going on. Yeah, it's just awkward. It's just a, it's not a good storyline. She's the one that's always like. Not not having like uh, any fun or anything because she's too worried That's about true. studying, yes. and then this guy kind of changes her opinion on that kind of thing. That you can just uh, write a computer program and be a thirty-eight million dollars richer a few days later. True. The other thing is there's a, there's a, a little little uh, joke in here. Cody says it makes a mention about the man from Atlantis, which was a TV show that um, maybe a movie. I don't know TV show or movie that that uh, Patrick Duffy was on. He was the man from Atlantis. Oh, and whatever show movie it was i'm looking up these kids i thought i swore i thought that karen was the oldest but i'm looking it up now oh no you're right karen is the middle child i my entire life i thought that she was the older the older child um not important it's fine um we do get some credit scenes though it's all clips of everyone doing the things that they were already doing earlier kind of like extended clips so you see uh I think you see like carol and frank on the beach and then like snorkeling or something some more water slide clips that kind of thing Nothing new. Dana making out with 22-year-olds. That kind of stuff. Um, that kind of stuff. Yep. So that's step-by-step. Step. We then go to 9 o'clock. We've got Dinosaurs. Season 3, Episode 16. And if you watched Family Matters this week, you don't need to watch this because it's the good to go. Fast forward. episode. But we'll talk about it anyways. Two weeks in a row this has happened. Two weeks in a row. And the funny thing is, uh, this was not the Family Matters that was supposed to be this week. Like they changed it to make these two episodes match. They up. did. They moved. Yeah, this them episode out of was order. supposed to air like four or five weeks ago, and they they changed it to this week for whatever reason. I think it's because they like this like theme showing across multiple episodes thing. I think it's not just thematic though; it's literally the, the same, same episode. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's called uh, "Honey, I Miss the Kids." Um, starts off, we got baby watching TV. Earl gets home. Um, the kids come in and they're doing what they did with Harriet in Family Matters. They're asking her to do all kinds of stuff for her, but 
Uh, Fran is ha- says she's having an emotional crisis. She's not happy anymore. She's tired. Um, she's tired of being a mom. And then she just starts saying, I hate my life. I hate, <laughs> I hate my, my life. life. I hate my life. Yeah. So same thing. Fran and Harriet are both uh, suffering that they ha- are tired of working and then doing all. Of- well, she doesn't work. She doesn't have a job. Right. That's a little different, I guess. Right. Right. And, her- and, and Earl makes it clear that her job is working at home. Yeah. But Harriet's tired or Fran's tired yeah. of it. So we then get a scene of Fran watching TV. She's like completely zoned out, just staring at it. Earl comes She's in. She's not even watching it. She's just clicking through the channels. Yeah. Earl comes in, says, oh, you're real good at that remote thing. And then uh, she's like, <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I'm tired of doing everyone's things. She crushes the remote with her bare hands. <laughs> she uh, she freaks out uh, because uh, Earl's like, oh, I got a solution for you. How about uh, a nice radio in the laundry room while you're doing everyone's laundry? <laughs> And she's like, I want to get a job, Earl. Uh, I quit being a housewife. I, this, I need to do something else. Yeah, I need to get out. So that's when our theme song hits. We come back with uh, Earl. He's now at the job site, and he's talking about how Fran wants to uh, get a job. And not even a job that pays, a volunteer job. She's not going to make any money, so she's not going to help out that way. And uh, all of the other workers are just laughing at Earl, talking about how this is going to be the end of his life because... That means that he's going to have to watch the kids. And he's like, oh, no, that's not what I want to do. Yeah, but Roy's got plans. Roy's got ideas. Roy's got some plans. Yeah. Um, the big one is uh, let her do it for a week. She'll eventually beg back to come to come back home. She's going to miss everyone. She's going to want to come back to uh, the home life. And she'll, she won't want that job anymore. I mean, it's like I get it. I get the plan. You know, we'll yeah. see if it works. Um, so the next scene, we've got Earl sending Fran off to her first day of work. He's like helping pack her bags and everything. And he's kind of like going around to the kids, like reminding her on how great they are and trying to let her know that she's going to miss them when, when she's gone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, baby is sad because baby wants his mama and, uh, Earl tells, uh, Fran, don't worry about a thing. I've got it all under control. Charlene comes in and tells uh, Earl to uh, all the things that she needs done, like, ah, oh, you need to do this with my dress and make bake this stuff for me or something. And Robbie's doing the same thing. And it's just like the uh, episode of Family Matters, like we said. Like, or it's it's Eddie and Laura telling Harriet everything that they need done. Right, right, right. So uh, then we go to a scene. Uh, Fran goes off to work. The next scene is uh, at night. Earl hasn't well- done... What? Well, for, so when Fran leaves and they're asked, they start asking Carl or excuse me, Earl to do all this stuff. Earl's like, I'm not doing anything. Leave me alone. Do it yourself. I'll talk to you. In fact, here's a list of stuff I want you to do that your mom wants me to have done by the time she gets home. Yeah, I think baby comments that he's this is he likes his uh, technique or like how he's doing this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think for, I think it's Charlene and, and Robbie that say that, too. Oh, yeah, that might be what it was. So uh, it's like 530 at night or something. 536 o'clock. She's going to be home in a half hour. Um, she he Earl wakes up from his all day long nap um, and. I don't know what that says. Oh, he's got 30 minutes to uh, to rush and yeah. do all this stuff before Fran gets home. Well, and more and yeah, and importantly to make dinners because Robbie has woken him up. Be like, dude, you don't have any time left. Yep. So they all start rushing. Are they all working at this point or is it just Earl really doing stuff? They, it's it's really Earl and Robbie. OK, so they're like, rushing. But, we, but we mostly see we must see Earl. Fran gets home in the middle of them trying to get all the stuff done. Um, and he's like, oh, I hope you had a great day and everything was great at work. And she's like, you know what? It was great. I loved being with my coworkers and this job's great. They even want me to stay full time now. And then Earl like really starts to panic. Like, uh oh, this plan's not working. This is not working. Yeah. Um, and then Do we uh, mention, by the way, that she is not getting paid for this job. Yeah. We I don't did. know if that makes, yeah, I don't yeah. know how much of a difference that makes, but we need, I just throwing that out there. Yep. And then, uh, we get a shot of just Earl and baby just screaming into the camera after they realize that, uh. <laughs> Well, because they're both like, out. I had to spend six months with you. They both say that to like each other and freak out. <laughs> um, next scene, we see a uh, friend at work and she's, I guess, I don't know what exactly what her job is. She's like a social it's a, worker. So it's a halfway house. Here's, it's a halfway house for amphibians. Because uh-huh. she's like so, providing therapy for these amphibians. In this, It's scene. like a discussion circle. Yeah. For amphibians who have like just come out of the water and they're trying to like, you know, figure out I, it's i think there's like an evolutionary kind of mix to this like these are amphibians that are evolving to be more of a land-dwelling animal yeah that's a thing it's kind of weird 
Um, but yeah, that's that scene. The next scene is uh, Earl at work at night because uh, if we didn't mention, uh, he's going to stay home during the day, but he's still going to work at night. And uh, he's there with Roy. I guess Roy changed his schedule as well and uh, tells Roy that he's ruined his life, that uh, this new plan is not working, but it's okay. Roy's got another plan. Um, you need to get the kids to bond with you and then you'll make them make her jealous. And the funny thing is, it's like, Earl's like, bond with me? That's not a man's job. That's a wife's job. My job is to not ever be around and just make money and then come back every once in a while. I'm not, I'm not supposed to bond with my kids. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's Roy's plan. We'll see how it goes. So the next scene, uh, it's back at the house, and Earl is trying to bond with Robbie, starting off by uh, talking to him about playing his guitar. And then... Uh, Robbie's like, all right, I can play for you, Dad, and he like starts to play, and it's like this slow, like melodic song, and then it's a very, it's a very Cody song because he's like, this is a song I wrote for this girl who wasn't paying any attention to me until I wrote this song, and then he starts playing, and it's a metal song. It's like, I'm paying attention, or I'm looking at you. Look, at, looking me, at, look at me, look at me. Oh, that's what it was. Look at me, look at me. Yeah, Dana, Dana, very, Dana. Very yeah, yeah. Um, so, Earl, and Earl is, like, sitting in the chair, and, like, uh, his face is getting, like, blown back by, like, the loudness of It's the, like, uh, the, I think it was an RCA commercial. Is that the, like, the, yeah, I think the it commercial is R- I was thinking Sony, but I think it is RCA. It might be yeah, Sony. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember the brand. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, very similar to that. Uh, we then have Earl going into the kitchen to Charlene, um, and offers, like, a heart-to-heart talk with her, and she starts to talk about, uh, fashion, and, of course, uh, Earl is kind of stuck there now, listening, and pretending to enjoy and bond with uh with charlene at this point yes so then he goes to a baby the last uh child that he needs to bond with and um baby wants to watch the little underwater girl which of course is the little mermaid and even i don't even know how they got the, the song that plays it's not under the sea it's like uh under, the, under it's like under the water but yeah. i mean it's a disney it's a disney property so it's not okay. this isn't a, this i'm surprised I, you know, I think that they could have done Little Mermaid if they wanted to. They were just doing a dinosaur version of Little Mermaid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Baby's enjoying his time with his dad. So Earl falls asleep, um, gets or eventually wakes up right before Fran gets home again. The kids are offering to help get things ready. But now they're, like, really offering to help. Like, this time that Earl has spent with the kids today has really changed their opinion on him and they want to help. So they're all working together. They're working together to get dinner ready. And Fran gets home and sees everyone working together. And she looks, uh, I guess, a combination of surprise, but also a little sad and jealous, too. That uh, No, everyone, no, no, no. You don't no. think you so? misread that. You misread that 100%. She is so happy that she's and she's no, she's I, crying. I know she starts crying that. because she's so happy to see her family being getting along bonding she is there's no gel i don't think there's any jealousy no i don't think, I don't think any- so either but i think the i think you're supposed to think that when when it when she first gives her uh, reaction i mean i guess you could i didn't think that i i i thought it was a genuine like well, as soon as i saw it i was like oh she's gonna be happy that this is going on and and hey because that just screws earl even more yeah, but. so it didn't really click for me that that's the angle that they were going for until Earl takes Fran into the other room to talk to her, and that's where she's like, everything's great, I'm so happy, like, glad that they're bonding with you, and then uh, this is where Earl also <laughs> admits that uh, he really doesn't want her to go to work. <laughs> yeah, Earl's like, that's not what I wanted at all. Yeah, You're supposed to be jealous. And she says, no, I'm keeping this job, and he begs for her to come back and then they end up making some sort of like a compromise deal where she won't be working like as many hours and some, something else. Well, the other part of this, cause they talk about this at the beginning a little bit is that Earl could just use all his money that he makes and he uses to, to, oh, yeah. for beer and bowling and, and going out with his friends to just hire a babysitter. And so that's what they're going to do. They're just going to get a babysitter. She's going to work a little bit less, but he's also just going to spend his money on a babysitter instead of going out. Yep, and then we do get um, this next scene, which is kind of like solidifying everything, where Baby hugs Earl, calls him Daddy for the... I don't know if it was the first time, but they make it seem like it was the first time. And uh, now Earl is sad to go to work because he has right. actually bonded with Baby for the first time. He's so happy, and he now he yeah he's in the position that he was hoping Fran would be in, where he doesn't want to leave the family because now he loves them. Yep, and that's the end of the episode, right? No extra scenes or anything on that one. 
That's it. Yep. Um, okay. All right. So then we've got uh, Camp Wilder. I'm changing my rankings a little bit. Mm. All right. So Camp <laughs> Wilder, season one, episode 18, a portrait of a young artist as a young Dorfman is the name of this episode. Nice long title for you. Yes. Um, starts off where uh, we're at high school. Um, this is the class that like Dorfman and Brody and I think uh, Beth and Danielle are into all four. of them. Yeah, the, the whole the whole gang is in this class. Yeah. And uh, it's like a literature class or whatever. And the teacher's reading in the front of the class. But um, when he gets to the end, we find out that this was a well, student. Well, well, what happens here is so the teacher's reading, reading this paper. He's kind of walking around the class reading this paper and Dorfman is just humming. That's for right. Some unknown reason. And the teacher keeps trying to get him to stop. And Dorfman is like, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I don't even know that I'm doing it. I'm, you know, I'll try to stop. And he so he stops for a second. Teacher keeps reading. Dorfman hums again. Te- teacher's like, go sit at my desk. You're in trouble. We'll figure this out later. Finishes reading. And he's like, I don't know who wrote this pa- this piece, but it's amazing. I wish it wasn't submitted anonymously. Beth, it must have been you because you're the best writer in the class. And she's like, no, it's not me. I didn't write it. Um, And then she's like, he's like, Brody, was it you that wrote it? Well, Brody raised his hand. Yeah. And then he's like, no, Dorfman wrote it. <laughs> Dorfman's sitting at the front and like, balancing a pencil on his on his nose or on his, no like, idea what's going on yeah yeah so we'll see where that goes uh we got the theme song we come back we're at the house uh beth and danielle show up and they're upset because the teacher gave dorfman an f and the teacher does not believe that dorfman wrote this story poem and uh they think that it's not fair he needs to stick up for himself and what the teacher did is wrong yeah and ricky's like well how's dorfman taking this and they're like we don't know it's dorfman it's hard to tell yeah, so then Dorfman comes over and uh, Ricky offers him a cookie and he declines it. And now they know something's real wrong because Dorfman never declines food and everyone's concerned. Ricky goes into the living room to talk to Dorfman and tells him that he really needs to fight for himself. I mean, if this is something that he wrote, he needs to let the teacher know. And she tries to show Dorfman that uh, she believes in his writing, that he has a talent and that he really needs to go talk to his teacher. And eventually he agrees. He agrees after he says, okay, I'll agree to do this since you agreed to go on a date with me. She's like, I didn't agree to go on a date with you. And she's like, he's like, well, you kind of implied it. She's like, if you put this, if you put as much work into school as you did on hitting on me, then you would be so much farther along. Is this where he also mentioned, or she might mention like some of the other writing that he's done in the past, like wrote her some poems. Wow. They bring up this poem that he wrote for her and there's, and how it was good, except that there's a part where he compares her to cheese, which everyone seems to keep making fun of. And then they mentioned some other poem about her lingerie or something like that, too. Well, he does. And, he's, and she's like, you made wrote a poem about my lingerie. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So the next scene is Dorfman talking to his teacher. Um, great mustache, by the way. And the teacher <laughs> is uh, giving him another chance. He's like, all right, fine, Dorfman. You can have an hour. Just write something about like a person or a place or something. Right, you have an hour. Sit down over there, and he's like, "Okay, but I've got to put on my video." And he's like, "What are you talking about, Dorfman?" He's like, "Well, I've got this VHS. It's uh, it's some model. I don't even understand what the video is supposed to be." Is it oh man, to- okay. There's a lot. This is a very. This is a, to me. This was funny. Okay. So the it is a video of this model, Jill Goodacre. Uh, real person, she, right? Real person. She was on Letterman. Doing an interview, he taped it, and and Jill Goodacre is not her muse. His muse, excuse me. Jill Goodacre, just a couple things here. Jill Goodacre uh, famously dated Harry Connick Jr. in the 90s, but maybe more famously, maybe the pinnacle of Jill Goodacre's career was there was an entire episode of Friends where Chandler is trapped inside of a vestibule with Jill Goodacre, and it's a whole thing. It's just this whole episode of him being in a in a in a vestibule with Jill Goodacre. It's also like one of the most famous Friends episodes because there's a blackout of, in all of New York City. I think it's a Thanksgiving episode. Like, it's a whole thing. And, and um, that's probably Jill Goodacre's pinnacle of her career. And she's like a Victoria's Secret model too, is what I got? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of explains that he's got to watch this video because this is what gives him inspiration. He doesn't know why. But whenever this is on, he can write the way that he wrote this story that was read in the beginning of the episode. Exactly. So uh, the teacher's like, no, go sit down, Dorfman. You <laughs> got you not. got an hour. Go write something. So Dorfman sits down and looks super frustrated and doesn't think he's going to be able to do this. So I guess about an hour goes by. 
uh, Dorfman turns in his paper and it's awful. I don't know if you wrote down exactly well, what he wrote. Well, he's got the teacher's like, go write a paper about anything. I mean, any per any any person, place, thing, item, whatever. Just go write a paper. And the paper is essentially like, once upon a time, there was a person, person who had a thing in a place. The end. The, the end. That's yeah. it. Teacher gives him an F. Um, uh, Dorfman tries to say once again that uh, he needs his muse in order to uh, write the way that he writes. And uh, Dorfman goes and sits back down after getting this F. And then time goes by. He's still sitting in this uh, that like nighttime desk at nighttime. The custodian's doing his rounds. And he's like, what are you doing in here? Are you a student? And he's like, not anymore. And then he gets up and walks away. Throws his books in the trash can. Walks out. Yeah. So next scene, we've got Brody back at the house um, with Sophie. And uh, I don't even know what they were talking about on Ida and Ida. So here's the deal. There, there, there's this other storyline going on where Brody finds this letter that he wrote that Four to, years there was ago. A, a thank you letter that he started to write to his aunt Ida. I never sent it. And so he is trying to he's going to call her. He's going to go see her at the old folks home. But he's trying to figure out what he was writing that letter about so he can make it seem as though. He loves it, used it, appreciates it, that kind of thing. So while the two of them are talking, Ricky gets home. Um, she's looking for Dorfman. Rusty's there, too, just for what it's worth. The penguin? The penguin. Um, Brody tells her uh, Dorfman dropped out of school. And uh, he's not blaming his teacher. He's blaming you because you, you're the one that made him go back and talk to the teacher and rewrite this thing. He could have been fine with that F, I guess. But no, yep, it's all her fault. And now Ricky feels awful. And now he's working at a skate shop, Ricky. Yep, a skate shop. So that's where Ricky goes now. Ricky goes to the skate shop. Dorfman's uh, putting some wheels on a board. And uh, she apologizes to him and says, you can't drop out, Dorfman. You can't let the uh, Mr. Suttons of the world let you down because there's always going to be Mr. Suttons. And uh, this is where he also explains to her about this uh, muse that he needs and uh, how this is the only way that he can write. He needs this video. And she's like... I want to go talk to Mr. Sutton. He also says she, she should enroll in school and be his, just be there. To oh, be yeah. his muse. And funny. like makes up this elaborate story of like how she could be like this exchange student that. Right. Something even crazier than that. So, um, cool with that. Ricky's talking to the teacher now, um, and has some trouble explaining Dorfman to the teacher. Like the, the teacher's like, uh, what do you, how do you, I mean, this Dorfman guy, I mean, what is he, what's his problem? And she's like, can't really explain Dorfman very well. They both, they both do kind of agree, come to the same conclusion that he's just a weird dude. Yeah. And then for some reason, Dorfman's guitar is there. I don't know why I didn't get that. She rather Ricky, I think brings it to read this poem that he wrote. Yeah. So the guitar's there. She pulls it out. She's like, look, you got to see this other writing that he's done before. And he has uh, glued bacon bits onto the back of his guitar in the form of words. And uh, it's another beautiful poem. But this is also that cheese poem that uh, it kind of goes to at the end that they mentioned. <laughs> well, she only reads the first half. And the teacher's like, what about that second half? And that's when it's like you, you eyes are like cheeseburgers or something like that. Something yeah. Like that. So he's like, fine. Um, he can have another chance. And uh, he can play his little video at the same time. Yes. So Dorfman comes in. He's he looks like he's amped up, ready to write. Goes to put his uh, video into the uh, VCR. We got a problem. His dad taped the commish over it. Uh. Not the commish. So this tape that he's using is gone now. Um, he's like, hey, can I go use the bathroom real quick? And he's like, fine, go ahead. So he goes out there. Ricky's in the hallway. Um, and he tells Ricky um, what happened, that the tape's gone. And Ricky's like, Dorfman. Close your eyes. And then uh, she tries to make him like uh, internalize his muse, like be something that he can kind of envision without having to see this video every single time. So she describes the video to him and like the music playing and stuff like that. Dorfman goes back into the class. Makes a Dumbo reference. I think that's important. Let's oh, yeah. Like uh, the little kid gives him a feather and that's kind of how he sees this. It's a kind mouse. Of being... It's a mouse. Picture. Oh, it's a mouse. Yeah. Um, Dorfman goes back in the room. He closes his eyes. Starts writing, and then uh, what's her name? This model girl, Jill Goodacre. Jill Goodacre appears, not really, but she's like the ghost version of her is uh, sitting on the desk right in front of him, encouraging him to uh, to write this uh, story. Right. She's like it's like actually her. 
Yeah, yeah, she's there. Uh, well, not actually her. It's like the actress is there, but obviously she's not actually there. Very like, Obi Wan Kenobi. Ghost of Obi Wan Kenobi. Style. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ricky peeks into the room from the hallway. She sees uh, Dorfman intensely writing and uh, and just smiles, and that's the end of the episode. And Jogadaker blows bubbles for. Her. Oh yeah, she's blowing bubbles too. Um, so we do see that, uh, this week's TGIF was once again hosted by the cast of, uh, Camp Wild. Yeah, yeah, good for them. Good for them. Got Ricky and Brody and Melissa's in there too. No Dorfman this week. So they're hosting. Um, and then we do get a credit scene as well with, uh, Brody at, uh, Aunt Ida's retirement home. And she's like, that's a good scene. That's a good scene. Yeah, it was good. So he's sitting down with this lady and she's like, I got a couple questions for you. She's like, number one. Who are you? Like, she's like, so <laughs> she's old, him she doesn't remember anything. And then number two, who's Aunt Ida? And then he's like, uh, what? And then she's like, oh, yeah, I, I haven't had this room that long. There was someone that uh, died four years ago, though, by a broken heart. And they say that uh, someone forgot to send her a uh, thank you letter. Her nephew never came. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what? And she's like, just kidding. But uh, that'll teach you to forget your Aunt Ida. And then that's that's the end of the episode. Aunt Ida, by the way, we've seen recently. She was Miss Fishface from the Step by Step episode. Okay. Uh, to be or not to be. I hope, I'm sure you remember has that. And she was also. A, has there been a mention of her in this show before? I feel like they've mentioned her, but maybe not shown her. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. She was also the voice of the um, court court reporter in the Charlene Flat Earth Dinosaurs episode. Huh, very cool. Um, yeah. so that's it. That's TGIF for this week. Um, my rankings might change once again now that we've talked about them, but, uh, I'll go first if you're ready. Go for it. Number four, the, uh, step-by-step commercial. Uh, I usually love a vacation episode. It's usually number one every single time, but this one just didn't do it for me. Uh, number three, I've got both of these could go either way. Family Matters, Dinosaurs, yeah. I, they're the same thing. I feel like, uh. Dinosaur suffered a little because it was the second one we watched, but I'm putting Family Matters at three, Dinosaurs at two, and Camp Wilder at number one this week. I like it. I like it. I definitely have step-by-step at four. I feel like... Oh, I thought you liked step-by-step more than I did. I'm surprised. What did I say? No, I I didn't say I liked it more. I didn't think it was much of a commercial. But it was number four, though. As not a great episode. Um, Number four. Number three. I'm I'm actually going to switch these two. I'm going to put Dinosaurs at three. And Family Matters at four. I just didn't think dinosaurs had. There was it was just kind of the episode. There wasn't a lot of humor. There wasn't a lot of like of yeah. The and jokes you know what? The comedy. When I was earlier in the episode, where I changed some things, I had dinosaurs at three and Family Matters at two, and then I changed it actually. Um, yeah. Like last minute and said, eh, I kind of like this dinosaurs episode. It was sweet, I guess, but I I just like you know. I, and I'll there, tell you, just, the, there was much humor too. There was one moment that made me switch the order, and it was the the baby scene at the very end of the episode. That <laughs> that's, was, that's what made me switch it. Because it was a tearjerker. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a kind of a uh, turning point of the of the show, possibly. Not we'll a see. chance. They no. won't even remember it next week. Okay. Um, you also have Camp Wilder at one. I do have Camp Wilder. I like the episode. It was Dorfman. It was the kids. We got a, was, we got yeah. away from the Ricky stuff, which is great. But and it was but in, and the Ricky that was in this was exactly what Ricky the Rick, like the role I want her to be, which is kind of the the. You know the the TGIF like the adult adult yeah the, yeah. the adult that's like helping a bunch of kids like and, and that's what she was doing and it was mostly about Dorfman I liked it I liked it so what do we got coming up next week full week again man full week uh, we do I mean okay so let me get, I'll get there we got Family Matters season four episode eighteen step by step season two episode nineteen Dinosaur season three episode seventeen and the last and final episode oh, of no. Camp Wilder season one episode nineteen this is it. Oh this no! Is this last one. Uh, yep, I know, I know. All right, makes, makes me sad too. Um, let's see where we're at. Thank but you. New what? show starts after that, so like immediately, like two shows actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. thanks once again to Adrian for the theme song this week. Yeah, Adrian, thanks. We appreciate it. TGIFcast at gmail.com if you want to send in your version at TGIFcast on all social media. Full week, like Travis said, next week. So make sure you're following us. If anything changes, if we need updates or anything like that, we will let you know. Yeah. Yep. Go follow us on social media. Do that. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I, I guess we could kind of mention that Shirley Ralph from New Attitude saying, lift every voice and sing at the Super Bowl. Yep. That was great performance. Cool she's, on, she's on a roll right now. 
I don't know. I don't have anything else. No con anything updates else? really this week. We'll probably have no. some more information in the next couple of weeks. Awesome con. Kind of slowed announcing their guests this year. So yeah, we'll see slow. what they bring in. I mean, I don't us. know. It's definitely not TGIF related, but there was a big announcement for an, another big announcement for GalaxyCon yesterday. Did you see it? I don't know. Which one was it? Charlie Cox. Who's that? He's Daredevil. Oh, I don't care. Which Daredevil? You don't care. TV show Daredevil? Movie Daredevil? Are you there? I'm here. Which Daredevil? I can prom- you hear me? I'm probably I promise I'm still here and I can hear you. But uh yeah, Daredevil, I don't really care. It's not a big big deal for me. But um we'll give you updates as they happen. Just uh keep checking out uh, and uh we'll see you guys next week. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. It's Friday night. And the mook is right. We're gonna have some fun, show you how it's done. TGI. <laughs>